Star Wars Action News is brought to you in part by Brian's Toys. At Brian'sToys.com, you can find Star Wars toys and collectibles from 1977 to the present. Brian's Toys has it all, from vintage toys and action figures right up to the latest releases. And when checking out, be sure to say you were referred to Brian's Toys by Star Wars Action News. So go check out the world's largest selection of Star Wars toys at Brian'sToys.com. Listening to Star Wars Action News, your source for Star Wars collecting news, reviews, and updates, helping Star Wars collectors collect better. Be sure to check out our website at SWActionNews.com, where you can see photos of the items discussed, chat with other Star Wars Action News listeners, and much more, including information on how you can be part of the show. Welcome to Star Wars Action News Year End in Review. This is Marjorie. And this is Arnie. And again, we have joining us a number of folk. We have Brock. Hello, hello, everyone. Steve, the Ginger Prince. Hello, folks. This is Steve. Chris. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Sarah. Hello, everyone. Andrew. Greetings, all. And joining us this week, playing the role of Jerry, is Barrent. Hey, everybody. Barrett, Master Collect Them All from the forums. You're one of two Swan Holocron Enhancers. And it's good to be with you on the second show to wrap up the end of the year. And this week, I wanted to really look at toy collecting in 2012 and what a year it's been. I remember when we did our year in review shows in 2011 and we sat there and we all groused where were the figures and how hard it was. And if it wasn't for Brian's Toys, one of every figure club, I wouldn't have had any figures in 2011. But Hasbro said, hey, 2012, it's going to be better. We got it fixed. We're going to take care of it. And we started off the year with a ton of new figures. Three new lines, vintage, movie heroes replacing Saga Legends. Kind of a better name, really. And Clone Wars, not to mention Discover the Force. And as I went out doing Toys for Tots and Christmas shopping this year, I went to Walmart and what did I see on the shelves? Vintage Phantom Menace wave and the first wave of Clone Wars and movie heroes and Discover the Force. So what about you guys? How's it been in your area? Andrew, why don't you start? Well, like you said, the start of the year was amazing. It was really exciting to see all those new figures. But after seeing them on the pegs for six months, I was starting to wonder if we were ever going to see more. Our local Toys R Us still has, like you were saying, all of those uh, figures uh, from the Phantom Menace line, which is really disheartening. All of my figures that I've gotten this year have come from Brian's Toys because that's the only way I was able to get them. Thankfully, the increase in distribution issues hasn't uh, made its way over to the Lego line, which is one of my primary focuses. So those have been coming out uh, steadily, and I've been able to get those easily. But yeah, action figures is, has just been a drought as far as things in store. Barrett, how about you? Wow. this That was a very good question, because this year 
was particularly hard on collectors like myself because I try to stay away from eBay. I just, I'm not a gambler and I don't like paying exorbitant prices for things that I feel are worth a certain price point. And so I just don't buy online. You know, I just don't. And I try to do a lot of, uh, figures from the pegs or trading with people on the forums or friends I meet at conventions and et cetera. So it, the drought of new figures and the glutton of certain figures really does hurt me. And I'm just lucky that I have one target that has been a saving grace and they seem to get shipments of new stuff although infrequently and in low numbers, but they do get it. And because I'm friends with the people that work there, you know, they kind of let me know when things come in and I'm able to go there and pick them up. But it's, it's tough. It's tough because if you cannot find those figures on the pegs, you know, it's very tempting to pay twice the amount on eBay or something like that. But it's really been tough on me this year. Chris, how about you? Well, I think the word for last year was frustrating, so I, I don't know what word to give this year. Um, Phantom Menace figures can still be found pretty readily at any Toys R Us, Target, or Walmart that I frequent. Um, this has definitely been a year where having a buddy in the area definitely helps. Jonathan has helped me out tremendously picking stuff up this year. The other thing that's helped me out is I'm able to run out at lunchtime at work and, and go hit the pegs uh, while other people are still at work, so sometimes... I'll venture across something that just got put out, but it's been few and far between. And luckily I've been able to find what I want. And by kind of focusing myself a little bit more, I haven't gone too crazy, but it, I mean, it has been another frustrating year when it comes for specifically talking about Hasbro and, and action figures. And then to hear that stores like five below are now getting some of these waves that last year were so hard to find for five bucks. It's just kind of a kick in the groin. Yeah. You, mentioned that i remember of course the crisis of wedge and wedge is a figure from last year wave three of the vintage collection and paying twenty dollars for him last year some people were paying 80 and now that first release five dollars at five below yeah i mean it's crazy gamorian guards you know can be found at five below now if you happen to get in there before everyone else does for five bucks and i remember paying i have two of them i paid 20 a piece for mine steve how about you I think it's been a, a similarly sort of slow situation in, in the UK, but a little bit more spread out. I mean, I can remember back in February stumbling across the Discover the Force line, not even knowing that it existed. Um, and I, I found that in a, in a supermarket called Asda, which is part of the Walmart family, I believe. Um, the, the vintage wave one, the Phantom Menace wave, followed later on. Um, that was initially hard to find, but uh, slowly c- came through and is, is now all over the place. Um, it first appeared at Forbidden Planet, and then uh, Toys R Us sort of caught up uh, m- maybe a couple of weeks to, to a month after that. And um, th- the movie Heroes line, um, I, I haven't seen much of it until of late, really. I've, I've recently found that uh, in a store called John Lewis, in the Trafford Centre in, in just outside of Manchester, I, I've recently found the, the sort of m- more recent movie heroes figures. So it, it has been a similarly frustrating it in that a lot of stuff hasn't been coming through, but it has been a little bit more spread out sort of um, as, as the waves appeared throughout the year. Now, Brock, I know you are more 
picky with your action figure collecting, but how's it been for you? Oh, you guys are going to hate me. I found everything I wanted this year. <laughs> I was able to I was able to get the Ewok pack. I was able to get the two Kmart exclusives. I was able to get the Padme Amidala's from the Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones that I wanted. I bought more figures than I have in the past couple of years on the pegs than I have than I can remember. I stopped being an every one of every figure guy back in 2007, mostly financial reasons. But I was always been a picky collector, but that line was just too great to pass up, all those new figures. So I have gone on eBay a lot lately to try to fill in the holes, but as I've mentioned many times in this program, I'm a long game guy, and I will not pay too much for a figure, what I, what I deem too much. So I know in the long run I will get the ones I want, whether or not I have to get 12 other figures I already have to get that one at a reasonable price, so be it. But I can always unload the extra figures somehow. But yeah, guys, I, I got everything I was gunning for, and without too many trips to the store either. And again, Chris and Sarah helped me get some of the new Disney Star Wars action figures that I love so much because they went down to Orlando when I didn't, and I'm incredibly grateful for them for that because – you know, getting those on eBay and at conventions, they can cost a lot of money because they always have a premium. We're glad we could help you. Well, you mentioned Disney, and we definitely want to talk about that a little bit more. But I feel like this year I was able to get everything I wanted. It wasn't very easy, and a lot of it was just watching online. I mean, it's collecting in odd places. When Amazon.com is the place to get figures, and then, of course, the ones that didn't sell out, they marked down to $5 over the holidays and things. But it was a matter of trying to, yeah, help others out, get help from others, and try to just look in other places. But if Hasbro wasn't hard enough, I really think the biggest frenzy this year for action figure collectors was at Disney with that Astromech Build-A-Droid program. That was insane. And... I understand why you're a completist on this, but they are so cute. And I'm not a huge Disney girl. I actually don't like Mickey so much as maybe some of the other Disney characters. That's probably blasphemy. But these were cute with the little R2 hats with little Mickey ears on some of them. I really like these. And I think these are great because you could build them yourself and it's a great collectible. And they do go for a high dollar. And it's a lot of fun. I know they have a long line at the park when they have them. But it can be maddening if you're a completist. I mean, full sets were going for 800 to to $1,000 on eBay. Did any of you guys get into those? Steve, I think I remember you went to the park at Celebration, didn't you? Yes, the, the day I rode Star Tours seven times uh, was the day I had my uh, Disney Builder Droid experience. Um, we, we did actually make one, and you were the recipient. We, we, got a, we bought a Builder Droid that we gave to you for your, your birthday. Um, and it, I've got to admit, it was incredible fun actually making the droid. And we were, I think we were lucky to hit it early on. We, we hit it straight after our first Star Tours um, ride. And when we came off our sort of third and fourth, it looked absolutely rammed in there. It, it looked like a rugby scrum um, around the Builder Droid uh, sort of stall. But actually building it was fun and, and choosing out, picking the right colours. If I remember rightly, I think we went Brazilian colours. I think we went green, blue, and yellow for your little builder droid, uh, and, and choosing the letters to, to label it. I, I forget what we called it. It was RNE for Arnie, I think we we, uh, we we named our droid. Yeah, so the, the whole experience was fun. We, d we didn't pick any up ourselves. I, I do like the Astromech figures, and I've uh, enjoyed the sort of builder droid 
experience uh, within the figure packs. You know, when you get the the, the six figures building one droid, um, but I, it's a sort of space issue there in terms of what we could bring back to the UK in the suitcase. Perhaps if we felt we could have brought back a, a, a little bit more, then I, I would have built a few for myself. Yes, and I thank you again for that. You did go Brazilian colors. As a Manchester United fan, did that hurt? No, we have a couple of um, Brazilian players playing for us. so um, I'm sure they're the best ones. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> we, we like to think Manchester United football is similar to Brazilian football. I'm sure Chris will agree on that point. Here, here. Chris, Sarah, Andrew, Barrett, did any of you guys go to the park at Celebration and get some droids? We didn't go during Celebration, but we were there in May for a Disney vacation um, around the time when they first came out. And we had tried to get in there to build some not only for us, but for, for you as well. And the line was something like two hours long, and it was just – it was madness in there. It was packed, um, and they were running out of parts. Uh, at one point, I think, in our trip there, we heard that they ran out of hats and then they ran out of third legs. So since we were kind of weighing our vacation against our, you know, our time, we ended up not building any droids, which was kind of disappointing because I was really looking forward to, to building some. So while we were there, we were not able to do it. I ended up going to Disney on the last day of celebration. They had that uh, special deal where you could get discounted tickets if you want for a half day. And since everything closed down early on Sunday, I met a friend of mine who lives down in Orlando. He's a big Disney fan um, and is a Star Wars fan casually. And we went on Star Tours and went out and I said, hey, I'm going to try this, you know, build a droid thing. And he's like, what's that? So I showed it to him and explained it. And and uh, he jumped right in. He thought it was great. And I think you guys hit it on the head when you said it's the experience. It's the actual digging around, looking for the pieces, putting them together, and then getting that packaging that comes with it that really, uh, really makes it a great collectible. And I think it's better as a souvenir from the parks than the build-your-own lightsaber because it's a lot smaller and it's easier for parents to put it in their suitcase when they go home. Well, we did not have a chance to go to the park during Star Wars Celebration 6. And for a while, they were only offered there in Florida. And uh, so you had to go the, to the park to get them. They weren't offered here in Hollywood, or excuse me, in Anaheim, where we're close to. But I did, I was able to get a couple because uh, Darth Daddy from the forums did go to the park and he brought me back the futuristic uh, triangle blue one and uh, the futuristic triangle yellow one. And immediately my eight-year-old son grabbed the blue one, which I liked, uh, and uh, took it all apart and trashed it to my chagrin. And I still have the yellow one, though, so I haven't had the chance to name her yet. But I did get a couple, and they're really cool. You know, they're really good quality. Uh, I'm not a big astromat collector, so these are... Two of the few in my collection, so they're pretty cherished. We, I was not able to get a third leg, though, because as a couple of you mentioned before, a lot of the parts were just not there, and you kind of had to get what you got. So I don't have third legs for them. We do plan on making a trip to Disney here in Anaheim, because I believe they're here in Anaheim now, and uh, to bulk up my collection and get a few more there. Back to Hasbro figures as a whole... I mean, we discussed some of the frustration, but 
we looked specifically at the beginning of the year, looking at the whole year, and like was mentioned, Five Below got some figures, the figure eight packs that were released at Walmart and then reduced in price when they didn't all sell out on Black Friday or Blacker Thursday. Did you guys end up getting what you want? And are you kind of, how do you feel about next year? Hasbro says they're going to change it again. And they say it was the Phantom Menace not selling as well as they'd hoped that caused the line to kind of stall. So how'd it go? Now, Brock, you answered, you got everything you wanted, but Chris, how about you? Yeah, I was able to get everything I wanted in the end. It it took a little bit more work, as I mentioned before, having a buddy to pick stuff up when you see it, and and picking up stuff for them helps that you can trade back and forth. Um, There was even some stuff that I was kind of on the fence about that I was able to find, and some of it I picked up, and some of it I passed on once I saw it in person. So at the end of the day, I did get everything I wanted, so I can't complain about that. Was it a little bit harder than it's been in the past? Absolutely. As far as what next year holds, it's hard to make a determination because Hasbro kind of swore up and down that they had everything fixed. And then this year, we saw that that wasn't the case. And as I think all of us have mentioned, we're still finding the Phantom Menace wave. So, I mean, I think maybe they are correct there that that's what caused the bottleneck. So hopefully they've eliminated that, and we'll see. With with the vintage kind of going on hiatus... We'll see what happens. I think the vintage is very, very popular because of the artwork and the, the nostalgic effect that it has on on all the collectors who had those as a child. So we'll see if that kind of helps things even out a little bit. Who would have guessed that the Phantom Menace wave would not have sold as they predicted? I mean, such a beloved movie, only second to Empire Strikes Back in the saga, right? <laughs> I mean, come on. I mean, you don't have to be uh, Miss Cleo to realize that Padme Amidala with no articulation is not going to pink warm on there. And I just don't understand. You know, I did not get everything I wanted. I had to settle with, you know, we as collectors, when we don't get what we want, we tend to find ways to satiate that need to have new toys. So I focused on the vehicles. And when I couldn't find new figures, I just focused on the vehicles. And as far as next year goes, you know, I want to believe that Hasbro is going to get their stuff together and get distribution corrected in certain areas. I mean, it seems like certain people like Brock, you know, or Justin, you know, for Marvelicious Toys, they find anything they want. But you go to another state and it's just barren. So if this happens again next year, I will continue to do what I did this year and just focus on the vehicles. And in a way, maybe I'm saving a little money kind of doing that because you can get those vehicles on clearance uh, depending on when you get there. So I'm hoping they fix it. But if they don't, I got ways to cope. I got everything I wanted, perhaps by one figure. The one carded figure that I didn't get was the Jar Jar and Carbonite, you know, the uh, San Diego Comic Con exclusive the, the center of that six pack so that's one figure I'll, I'll still look out to pick up um but all, all the other basic hasbro stuff I, I got like i say over the span of a year um from the discover the force line i picked up the gar3 astromech i picked up that tiny little mohonic figure it still um, boggles me as to how small that mohonic figure is it, it's sort of a uh, young Anakin size I, I, I don't think Asbro quite got the scaling right on that um, he, he also came with that nice pod racing flag of course um, I, I got the Naboo pilot with a soft goods cloak from that line um, so 
yeah, I got what I wanted from from that line. I, I didn't care for the three D glasses that came with the, uh, you know, that came on the cards for that line. Uh, I, I got everything eventually that I wanted from that Phantom Menace uh, vintage collection line. Um, I, I dispute Derrance's uh, nasty comments there about the Phantom Menace as a film. It's my third favourite film of all time. I'm a real defender of the Phantom Menace, and I enjoyed the figures there. Berent, lack of articulation or, or not, I, I got picked up the black dress Amidala. The, the Ben Quadrinaros figure was a, a figure that I've been waiting for for a long time. Um, the, the Quinlan Boss figure that came with that line was fantastic, and the Gungan Warrior with you know with the binoculars. I, I believe it's called a far seeing device that, that was a fantastic figure um and, and even my recent finds I, I mean the movie heroes that i picked up a couple of weeks ago uh, were phantom menace the uh, padme amidala uh, that comes with that new little zip line backpack accessory um so so yeah i i've picked up more or less what i was looking for this year and and what i haven't actually got in hand that i know is um is coming as christmas presents in in just over a, a a week or so's time, which is fantastic. But not to belabor the point, Steve, I think Barron's on to something. The fact that they thought The Phantom Menace was going to sell based on the reception or the historic reception of the movie surprised the heck out of me. Now, again, I also got those Padmes. I wanted those figures more than any other ones because I wanted to continue all her outfits. I know it makes it sound like a Barbie doll collector, but I wanted to have all the all of her outfits and have all of her looks. But I, I'm agreeing with Barron. I think they overdid it and they overestimated it, and I have to, it's a head-scratcher to me why they thought that. Yeah, yeah, I suppose I can I can see that point of view. It, perhaps just the, the volume of figures that they put out was 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 far too big, you know. Perhaps it was, it was just overestimating the volume of, of collectors who were out there who were going to pick things up, and, 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 and perhaps the, the, the younglings not so keen. You know, Steve, you mentioned the Discover the Force figures, and I do remember, though, old habits die hard. We were in New York at Toy Fair when the Discover the Force figures hit, and there were a few of them, like the Astromech, that weren't being repackaged in the vintage collection, whereas most of them were. And I'm cutting back on my figure collecting in that I don't buy one of everything to open anymore. I buy one of everything carded, but then I look at the repacks and things and decide where to get it carded. I remember calling home to a friend of ours, Ryan, and being like, you have to go out. You have to get me these three figures because they're not being repacked. And it was Paul from Jedi Temple. He got me all in a huff because he's like, aren't you worried about these figures? I can go get them now. I was so foolish and I feel so bad. I used a favor from a friend to get these figures that just are still staring at me. Sure, 3D glasses may not be in the best condition, but... Barrett brought up a great point. Vehicles this year have also been a little bit of an odd duck because we get some of the mini rigs that are hard to find or repacks. But when you get the bigger vehicles, some repaints, of course, the Mandalorian Troop Transport only really available at Toys R Us. And then the big expensive ones, the $250 Millennium Falcon, the... 130 to 180, depend where you shop, MTT. So, Baron, go into some more detail. What, what vehicles did you get, and how did that satiate you? And aren't they just getting a little overpriced? 
No, they're not getting a little overpriced. I think that they're right at the price point because you get a lot of playability out of these vehicles. And it's something that I discovered this year. As I mentioned earlier, I had to focus on vehicles and I got all the vehicles. And I think this is probably the first year for myself to do that. I mean, just a couple weeks ago when the Millennium Falcon in the vintage packaging went on sale from $250 to, I believe, it was $179 that I picked it up for at Toys R Us. I mean, I immediately swooped on that because I passed it up on the first release. Don't ask me why I passed it up on the first release. I just did. I just wasn't in the vehicles then. But I picked up the Kmart exclusive B-Wing. I picked up the Walmart exclusive Y-Wing. I picked up all of the Jedi Starfighters that were offered. Because when the new packaging came out, Walmart had a tremendous sale on the do-back and the speeder bikes that they had out there. So I just picked all of those up. I just saw a vehicle and I picked it up, you know, and if it went on sale, I picked up a second one to open. And it's just, it was glorious that the vehicles were not hard to find for me, except for that Mandalorian transport. But they kind of made up with that with those uh, two-pack value packs that they had at Toys R Us. And I was able to pick up three of those. So I have enough Mandalorian transports to last me. So the vehicles, in my opinion, were a lot harder to, were a lot easier to come by than any other toy. Well, three is a very good number to pick up. I can highly endorse three. But you mentioned playability and the amount of money. But And yes, you got the Millennium Falcon on sale for... 175 so $75 off. But the first thing that came to mind is, are people getting more playability out of the Falcon for $250 than they did when it was first released for $130? No. (laughs) (laughs) But I will admit, I did break down at the last minute. I bought the Falcon in the vintage box. Are you kidding me? No, no. I. They had that sale at ToysRUs.com, and it was $125 with free shipping, and I had a whole bunch of those rewards coupons and a gift card from a previous sale. I got it for $90. Nice. <laughs> Arnie, nice. Arnie, Arnie, you better... You better be glad you don't have any children, Arnie, because you're the type of parent, all the people, all the par- parents, all the child has to do is wait you out. You know, can I go to the party? No, I'm just going to wait him out. And it's going to sound good to him eventually. In the words of Stuart, you give refrigerator salesmen in Alaska hope, Arnie. You really do. <laughs> Here's the thing. I had an eBay save search for just the box for this because I know he just wanted the box. Yep. And I was secretly hoping someone would just want the Falcon and sell the box. I don't know what person that would be, but... I figured the box was probably worth 50 and having a spare Millennium Falcon for parts in case I break my other one is probably worth 40 That's how I rationalized it. You guys do know he has a spare wife, right? For parts. <laughs> you know, nothing's impossible with Arnie. It's the rule of three. There's... <laughs> you guys moved to Stepford. I was just thinking the big love situation. This one's Marjean. (laughs) But I also did get the MTT. I jumped on it when it was also half off at Toys R Us with free shipping. So $90 for it. 80 was the mark I really wanted to hit with the MTT. It still may hit that after the holidays. Hell, it may hit 40 at Walmart on December 26th or January 1st. And then I'll get a second one. But 90 was the point where I'll pick up my one. 
traditionally, I've been able to find those big vehicles on Walmart the day after Christmas. So I have the, uh, I got the clone turbo tank the day after Christmas at a Walmart for half off. I got the uh, shuttle last year at Walmart for half off. So I've been pretty fortunate in finding those. Now, I don't know why the MTT has me in a panic. I haven't got it yet. I've kind of been playing the long game, but that one seems to have me in a panic because I haven't seen it out there nearly as much as the other ones. Panic? You have it on your Christmas list and have just informed me today that it must be under the tree. So I have to go back out. <laughs> oh my gosh, Sarah. <laughs> I got most all of the shopping done. Nope, gotta go back out. <laughs> I would have to say, don't do it. Don't make it a must under the tree. This one is out there. It's already been down to $90 free shipping on both Toys R Us and Amazon.com. It's creeping down. And Marjorie, I know she was thinking about getting me the Falcon for Christmas. I know she was thinking about it. And I was telling her on air, off air, don't do it. I wanted the box, but I didn't want to spend $250. And I didn't want someone else to spend $250 to get me a box. This MTT, think hard if that's really something that, quote unquote, must be under the tree. Because even if it doesn't go on sale on the 26th, it's going to be out there on the 26th. And if it does have to be under the tree, Amazon for $90 is a pretty good way to get that. I think we should listen to Arnie. Arnie speaks wisdom here. Let's go with the Arnie theory. <laughs> the Arnie has spoken. <laughs> All hail Arnie. You know, that MTT was the only one I didn't pick up. I, ha I have a, a child who's eight years old, and I use a lot. I use him to gauge what things are how excited they are, how, you know, the playability. And he didn't really like that MTT. And that MTT to me is the epitome, the definition of weak sauce when it comes to a vehicle. It's kind of blah. The figures that come with it are really unarticulated and it just doesn't do anything. You know, it's like you give us that instead of a sand crawler. I understand episode one with the release and all that, but it's, if you're going to give me a big blocky brown vehicle, give me a sand crawler. You know, something that I could get behind memories from my childhood. But that MTT, I don't even know if I will even pick it up if it goes down. I mean, you know, I might, but it just didn't excite me. I mean, you, did it excite? Did this vehicle excite anyone this year? It didn't excite me, that's for sure. I'm right there with you, Baron. Amen, Baron. It didn't excite me either. I will not be picking that up, but I totally agree with you. If they bring out a a big sand crawler. I am all over that, just as I would be a, a Jabba's sail barge. Now I'm in the opposite camp. It did excite me when I first saw it. And I don't know, there's just something about it, it to, to complete my episode one vehicles and it's a bigger vehicle. So it, it did excite me. I like, I like some of the play features that it has, but you know, I can see your guys's point about a sand crawler or a Jabba's sail barge. A sand crawler would be sweet. The sail barge is kind of an interesting thing from this year. I remember there was the whole bring on the barge petition. We were a big part of the push for that. And man, it, that just seems ill-timed with the Disney news. Everybody seems to not be talking about the sail barge anymore. Is that something you guys really want is a giant $200 more sail barge? I would love it. I would buy it. I wouldn't hold off like I did the Falcon. If it came out at 200 or 250 as a brand new vehicle, I'd do what I did with the MTT and hope it goes on sale. But I'd buy it for sure. I would love to have something big and new like that. I definitely would like to add something like that to my collection. Um, 
that's something I don't think I would bat an eye out. Now, obviously, I'd want to see how big it's going to be and how, how scaled it's going to be and how it's going to look before I was I was going to actually put my money where my mouth is. But based on on, on what I've seen and, and what we've heard, I would be in line for it. That's one of those two. I probably wouldn't wait for, for it to go on sale, but I would hope for a sale. I don't really collect vehicles. I do have the Millennium Falcon from the first release. I stopped collecting vehicles a long time ago because of space. I will buy a sale barge. May not buy it at two hundred fifty dollars, but I will be getting one, and I know exactly where I'll put it. It's one of those vehicles that I just want because it's the original trilogy, and what a visual with those big sails! Absolutely buying that if it comes out. I would definitely get it, but only if it had an explosion feature where you push a button and the thing actually explodes with real fire. Of course, you know you can only do that once, and that's literally burning money in your pocket. It has a rope that is not attached to anything that Luke and Leia can swing from. I was just going to say the only thing that would make me more excited would be a full-size uh, Death Star. Here, here. That's the sweet spot. I third that, but I don't know that playsets are in the future. But you never know. Weirder things have happened, and with A New Hope getting a re-release in theaters... I never give up hope. I mean, how many times have they said things aren't going to happen? Episode 7 is what gives me hope in the hopeless. They said, never another Star Wars film. There was the YouTube clip of somebody harassing George Lucas from earlier this year. Some idiot with a camera phone shouting at George Lucas, when's episode 7? Lucas said never. He was in the meantime negotiating with Disney to make episode 7. So, could a Death Star place that happen? I'm never going to say never again. I would not bat an eye to pick up a sail barge. The sail barge is so iconic from my childhood. I mean, this is what you got. You got Jabba. You got the reveal of Luke's new lightsaber. You got Boba Fett dying in the... You know, you got all of these iconic things. Princess Leia choking Jabba the Hutt. You know, people forget. Princess Leia is the one that killed him. You know? And... It's just so iconic. I mean, I don't see how anyone could bat an eye at buying a sail barge, especially, you know, someone of our age. Now, when it comes to little kids, would a little kid want a sail barge? You know, I think they would. I think they would because, you know, Brock, you had mentioned the big wings and the sails and the playability factor that could happen on this sail barge. I, I just would not bat an eye. And I would play my version of the long game where I would pre-order it and just not pick it up that day instead of the real version of the long game and wait till it goes on sale. (laughs) But I say, I never say never, but let's look at how Hasbro has approached the star Wars line this year. I mean, we had the vintage figures. We had all of this that we've talked about, but I remember at San Diego comic-con, what was the thing they wanted to talk most about fighter pods? And then at New York Comic Con, what's the thing that they wanted to talk almost exclusively about? Angry Birds. And what is coming out next year? 12-inch figures with no articulation aimed at really young kids. Did you guys get into fighter pods, Angry Birds? Do you think that the collector market is becoming less valuable to Hasbro? Um, I did not get into any of the, the fighter pods or the Angry Birds. Um, I don't get Angry Birds as merchandise. I get it as a game. I don't get it as little balls shaped like birds dressed as Jedi that you throw at things. But the fighter pods 
I didn't get into because I knew if I started, I would never stop because those things I'm, I'm, I'm like Margie blind packaging. I'm done. I'm done. Uh, if they start coming out with that stuff and I start picking it up, I wouldn't be able to stop. So I dared clear of them because they're cute. They're little, they're easy to pick up. They're relatively cheap. So I was like, I can't dip my toe in that because I'd end up jumping all in. Fighter Pods reminded me of Pogs from all those years ago. And after that, I learned my lesson. So no, I did not get Fighter Pods. Angry Birds, it's not my thing. I think it's just dressing up a game that I already play. And I enjoy playing Angry Birds very much. I still play Angry Birds, the original. But even with, uh, no, I didn't buy anything from Angry Birds Star Wars. And I really hope no one buys me anything this year at Christmas. (laughs) Because those are the size of convenient stocking stuffers. Let's put it that way. I, I'll let you know if I actually end up getting a Star Wars Angry Bird in my stocking. Sarah, did Chris say Angry Birds must be under the tree this year? <laughs> no, no Angry Birds under the tree. However, I, I think that Angry Birds is doing a smart thing. I, I know people are going to disagree with me here, but think about it. The kids that are playing Angry Birds now, it's a great segue to get them into Star Wars. My niece and nephew are five and four years old. They know what Angry Birds is. So we've got a perfect segue into Star Wars to kind of show the fun side of it and start to get them interested into it instead of just showing them Clone Wars, which you can't show a four- and five-year-old, at least in my sister's household, the Clone Wars or or even some of the figures because they come with um, blasters or um, bow and arrow type things, you know, from Chewbacca's... Bowcaster. Thank you, Bowcaster. So I think that what Angry Birds has done has kind of opened the door for the littler kids to get interested in it. And I think it's a really smart marketing move. Yeah, I, you won't you won't be seeing any of those toys here. The only one that kind of kind of had my eye for a moment was the one that came with the the early bird set, just because of the packaging. But I, I wasn't going to buy it for the packaging. And as far as fighter pods go, the only fighter pods that I have are Yoda fighter pods. Those are the only ones I'm interested in. And I've been lucky enough to have people that know that I collect Yoda that that are doing the fighter pods when they get one. They'll either give it to me or I'll buy it from them. I think most everyone knows I was not thrilled with Angry Birds, but I think I'm not alone in this. I just, I I can see the point with kids. I will say that my five-year-old niece knew about Angry Birds Star Wars. She played it on my iPhone at Thanksgiving and she was beating levels right and left. She knew what she was doing. She'd played Angry Birds before, but I don't think she was necessarily thrilled. It was Star Wars. I think it's just a big game with kids. I don't like a lot of the mashups. I'm just not too crazy about the way some of them look. Some of them fit. Like, I think the Greedo is kind of cute. But I'm just, like, not thrilled with them. And I really hope this isn't the way things are going because it's just not what we're used to. And this will make it different. And not that difference bad, but I don't think it has the collectability. I think if it was Angry Birds Star Wars, none of us would have been involved to begin with. You're not on your own there, Marjorie. I, I am staying well clear of the Angry Birds. I went to look at the game, went to look at downloading it, and I I just shook my head when I when I saw the spelt Wookiee with one E and not two E's, and um, I just decided from that moment that I'm not touching it at all. I saw the early bird set on the shelves in the UK last week for the first time, and it, it didn't even stir any sort of uh, shall I buy it? Shan't I buy it? Feeling in me, it was it was just it was just not 
a Star Wars product to me, so I will not be touching the Angry Birds at all. As for the fighter pods, um, I, I have sort of got about 20 to 30 of those little guys, and I have recently been looking at job lots on eBay, maybe looking at uh, 60, 70 little fighter pod figures all in one go, so um, I think that's my way forward. I, I do like them. Like Andrew said, they are small. Uh, they are uh, addictive. I think they're something you could get into. But rather than go the blind baggy route, I think I'm I'm going to buckle eventually and just go for a set of maybe 50 to 60 sort of fighter pods all in one go on eBay. The fighter pods are kind of a sticking point because I like them, but I hate the cost and the fact that there's so many. And as a person who's trying to look at how many action figures are going to come out in his lifetime is this really where i want to spend my energy and time on the other hand they're pretty cute i don't know though again displayability where that really sits i'm just so torn on them i kind of want them i have some i bought some of the first wave but i haven't picked up too many since except for very specific characters that i collect you know, for me, I would take Angry Birds toys over fighter pods any day. You know, those fighter pods are like the GameCube of the blind package projectile toy arena. It's like it was cool when it first came out, but it's going to fizzle and be forgotten pretty quickly as far as I'm concerned. You know, those Angry Birds Star Wars figures are very playable. You know, they you, you toss them. They're this hard kind of rubber, you know, so they really feel good to the touch. When you touch them, they got a little weight to them. They have really good paint applications and sculpts, as far as I'm concerned. It doesn't seem like they're just one buck, like Arnie likes to say, like a, just a standard buck. Like they're actually different enough to where they have to be different molds, you know, and you throw them. And anybody with kids knows that kids like to throw stuff. You know, and just the fighter pods playability, it's, it's, I just never got the fighter pods, you know. And I think we have picked up a couple of the Star Wars Angry Birds sets. We picked up the Rancor one, and I think we picked up the Hoth one. And I may end up picking up the At-At or the Pig-At or whatever you want to call that one. And I just thought it was pretty clever that Jenga took over the reins here to kind of pioneer this new way of stackable, knockable, throwable toys. Which is great. I'm all for keeping kids engaged in the franchise, but as a collector, what got me started collecting is action figures. What got me back collecting as an adult is action figures. And yeah, I'm all for kids having their lines. The question I really think I'm asking is, are action figures becoming a second-class citizen to Hasbro? And I'm kind of prognosticating because it seems that all the things they talked about this year, Amped, which they canceled before it ever was released, Fighter Pods, Angry Birds, the stuff they're hyping. We watch Cartoon Network, you know, Clone Wars. I see the Angry Birds advertised. When I was a kid, what they advertise? Wampa Wampa. So it feels to me that the collecting market is becoming more marginalized instead of having a good balance the way I feel they used to. You talk about the kids getting to throw things. That's great. But I don't want to throw my money at things that kids throw. I think the new movies will change all of that. I think with episode seven and beyond, I think action figures will come back strong. 
I think this is just um, the, the, the sort of fighter birds, angry uh, fighter birds. What am I on about? Fighter pods and angry birds is just a reaction to the fact that we've we've had all the figures we can have, we can have really from these six from the six movies we've got, um, and I think the new movies will breathe a total new life into the action figure market, and I think it will bounce back. That's a great point that I hadn't even considered because otherwise the direction that I was going to say is, is and this conversation has been had before, it seems like children are, are, that action figure age is kind of getting smaller and smaller and you see all the action figures that are competing for the attention of kids and, and I think that, you know, eventually it may be something where it's it's exclusive or it's a smaller selection. But Steve's point actually actually is a, is a very valid point and I I agree with you after hearing that, that that's going to open the door for us to have action figures that are new. It's, it's a breath of fresh air into the line. So it'll give us something new to look forward to. So there's some hope there that, that going forward, at least for the foreseeable future, that the action figures will kind of make a, a comeback, if you will, over the last couple of years. I agree to a certain extent. The action figures will make a comeback with the release of the new movies. I mean, I think that's pretty much a given. But I think it's going to fluctuate. Um, I don't think it's any secret that kids who are younger and younger nowadays are more into electronic toys, whether it be the iPhone or the iPad that they're playing their games on through applications that are aimed at them or video games, you know, standard video games with the Xbox and the PlayStation and stuff like that. I just don't see, you know, when I was eight, nine years old, I was still playing with action figures. You know, I mean, that was the main toys I had. You get an eight, nine-year-old now, and like Margie had said, you know, your little niece is four or five years old, beating levels on Angry Birds on your iPhone. I mean, the technology just comes so natural to them that I believe that the action figures are a dying breed, you know, and I think that they're going to end up like the Maddie Collector model, where they're going to make action figures. I don't think they're going to stop making action figures, but they're just going to be uh pre-orders you know they'll do a lot of pre-orders to gauge the you know how many people actually like certain things these certain action figures are going to come out or they're just going to have limited amounts and exclusives to where you have to buy them online such as the last wave of the vintage figures you can't even buy them in stores you have to buy them online you know they're selling out online like crazy and i think that they're getting wise you know if you make them online exclusives they will sell out. You put them on the pegs, they're going to peg warm. So I think that action figures are a dying breed, and they're just gonna, we're just not going to see as many of them as we are used to. Well, I hear your point, Barrett, and it's one that I've stated many times, but I'd like to just put a counterpoint out there and shift the conversation a little bit. I mean, let's look at another Star Wars licensee, a toy licensee, who has just done gangbusters year in, year out, and had another strong year this year, you say kids don't play with toys, but what about Lego? I mean, Lego has come out with some of the most inventive sets ever this year, and it just seems that that's a toy line that isn't trying to change what it is. It's just successful and continues to be. Well, I think, Andrew, I think you mentioned that you your focus is on Lego, and I'd like to hear your thoughts on that, but my thoughts are Lego are just not a toy, it's a puzzle. So Lego actually does two things. You know, it helps you think and problem solve as well as the playability factor. So I think Lego is kind of unique in that aspect when it comes to toys. 
Yeah, I, I kind of agree with that, Barrett. Um, the the thing that I see in contrast between Lego and action figures from a playability standpoint is the initial experience that a kid has with a Lego toy is following instructions. No imagination required. However, action figure, that requires them to have imagination, sit down, play with them, come up with their own scenarios. The first thing with Lego, they just follow the steps one, two, three. Once that's done, then they get the imaginative portion of the play where they can then play with the toy, whether it be a ship or play set like the amazing Jabba's Palace that came out this year. Anything like that allows them to then play with it afterwards and they keep it together. They they may decide to take it apart and build their own thing, but most of the time, I'll bet you they follow those instructions and build it just the way it is so that they can then play with it. But you know, Andrew, I have nephews and I have cousins who buy Star Wars Lego. They only collect Star Wars Lego. They're very excited about telling me all about their Star Wars Lego. And they build it the initial time, and then it's displayed. Most of them do not even play with it. They just follow it apart to put together again, but they do not play with the Legos. Even even like the, the play sets, they don't, they don't play with those? After the initial time that they build it and play around with the hmm. whatever features, it just sits there for a display. Yeah. Wow. Good kids. Yes. Display. Cherish. Curate. I don't know that that's the normal child, though. That may have been me as a kid. But I, I got to kind of think when I look at Marjorie's niece and nephew or my own nieces and nephews, they treat their Legos like little action figures when they're very young and still play with action figures. And then I agree with Barrett. They stop playing with action figures probably around eight. The best thing about Lego is the minifigures. They are just so cute and, and playable with, like you say. The one Lego set that's tempted me this year is the Rancor Pit. Uh, I just think it's fantastic the way it connects to the Jabba's Palace set that they've already done. But I've, I've not picked it up yet. I'm currently on the advent calendar, which is, you know, fantastic for this time of year. Um, as, as I say, the minifigs and the vehicles that are in the advent calendar are cool. Um, there's always a bit of filler. You know, no one wants to open day eight when it's the weapons rack. Um, but I think the advent calendar is, is a really good buy. I still need to find the TC14 minifigure um, that was given away here in the UK anyway with purchases over £50. I saw it recently at a toy fair for uh, £18 they were charging just for this single minifigure and I couldn't quite pull the trigger. So that's the one piece of Lego, the one minifigure from the Lego collection that I'm still after. Well, look no more, my friend, because I think I have a couple of those, and I can ship one out to you. You know, this is a great thing when we come together and talking. You are a beautiful mom. <laughs> Another set that really caught my eye this year was that uh, the collector's edition of the R2-D2. Did anybody else see that? And the thing is amazing. I saw the YouTube video and drooled mightily. It's a little bit outside of what I would like to spend on a Lego because for that same amount of money, I could get a premium format figure and I just prefer things that look more movie accurate. Lego is very stylized and I just, I, I have some pretty expensive Lego sets, but when you get into the multi hundreds, I just always think of the other collectibles I could buy. But my God, that thing is an engineering marvel to rival the space shuttle with all its features. 
Yeah, it's got the third leg that comes out, and it's got the the arms that pop up from levers that you pull in the back, opening doors in the front. It's it's incredible. Did you get it? Oh yes, of course, yes, and and it is uh, my wife's favorite collectible of the year. Now, how much was that R two going for? Because I think the 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 one biggest from that that was recently released was the Death Star, and I think that was what four hundred dollars. So, how much did that R two go for? It wasn't nearly that much. Um, maybe one fifty or two hundred. I think I remember in my mind around the two hundred dollar point. Now, see that two hundred dollar price point right there is right at the price point where I would buy it. You know, because you know you get into four hundred dollars and stuff like that. That's just like you know, if you're married and you're trying to spend four hundred dollars on some Legos uh, without it being like. George Lucas handed to you, you know, sold them to you himself uh, at a charity run or something like that. It's very hard to justify a purchase like that for Legos. But $200 for something of like, like that, that's right there at that sweet spot for me that I, I would pick that up. Even though I didn't pick it up because I just figured it was so expensive that there was no reason for me to do any research on how much it was going to cost. But I would pick that up. Well, Baron, I can no longer let my wife listen to this podcast because I have to convince her to allow me to spend $400 on a Lego set from time to time. And that R2-D2 is on Lego's online store for $180. Very nice. Well, thank you all for joining me again. We will be back next week, continuing looking back at 2012 looking at high-end collecting and the expanded universe. So thank you all for joining us again. This has been a pleasure. Glad to be on. Thanks again, everybody. Always a good time. Thank you. And we'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to Star Wars Action News. You can find even more Star Wars coverage at our sister podcast, Republic Forces Radio Network, where we review each episode of the Clone Wars cartoon series. You can find that show at republicforces.com. If you're into Star Wars novels, check out the Star Wars Action News Book Club, where we read and review all the Star Wars novels. That podcast is at swactionnews.com. We want your feedback and suggestions for Star Wars Action News. You can email us at show at swactionnews.com or post your thoughts in the Star Wars Action News forums at swactionnews.com, the most friendly forums on the web. You can be on Star Wars Action News by calling our voicemail at 415-508-JEDI or sending an MP3 or iPhone voice memo to show at swactionnews.com. All materials submitted become the property of Star Wars Action News and are subject to use on our show. You can help support Star Wars Action News by using the affiliate links on our homepage when shopping online. We would also appreciate it if you spread the word about Star Wars Action News by posting about us on Twitter, Facebook, MySpace, or just tell a friend about the show. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a review on iTunes, and you can also cast a vote for us each month at Podcast Alley. Links to both can be found on our homepage at SWActionNews.com. For more Star Wars collecting, please visit YakFace.com and JediTempleArchives.com, and we thank those sites for their support of Star Wars Action News. Star Wars Action News is created, produced, and hosted by Marjorie and Arnie. 
The Star Wars Action News Team is website designed by Jason, associate produced and announcements by Brock, reporters Jerry, Dan, Steve, and Justin, graphic design by Chris, and podcast enhancement by Barrett. Star Wars Action News is not affiliated with Lucasfilm Limited. The show is created by fans showing their love of Star Wars. Star Wars and all the Star Wars universe contains is trademarked and copyright Lucasfilm Limited. All rights reserved. Until next time, may the pegs be stocked and the force be with you. Star Wars Action News. Now this is podcasting. Star Wars Action News is a Venganza Media production, copyright 2012, all rights reserved.